You're listening to another episode of I Am Change podcast, the podcast where we gist about phenomenal change makers who go above and beyond to chase their dreams, make the lives of others better, or fight for what they believe is right. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at I Am Change Pod and subscribe to our feed on your favorite podcast listening app so you never miss an episode. I Am Change podcast is available on several listening platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and YouTube. This is I Am Change Podcast. We must get people to connect more with this idea. Vulnerable children are going to be the most hard hit by this pandemic. Next, I'm just going to write myself. I'm going to make sure I direct. I have seen how words move people to action. IAC Podcast hopes to inspire you to live more consciously and be the change the society needs. I think the most important thing is self-reliance. Sit down and look at your processes properly. I'm your host, Koride Aziz. Classes are over. You've finally graduated, celebrating with friends and family. You've even completed a service year. It's time to get out there and get your dream job. Soon, you'll be riding a brand new car. You'll build your parents a mansion and marry the love of your life. Except, it turns out it's not as easy as you'd hoped. You haven't been able to land many interviews. The ones you manage to get are all for low-paying jobs you're sure you won't like. And even then, you never get a call back. Hello? Who you are is not enough. It is who is needed, that is. What does it take to have the kind of career you want, even when it seems the odds are stacked against you? Maybe you've been applying and interviewing but still haven't gotten a job. Maybe you got a job, but it's nothing like what you dreamed of. Or maybe you left university with no clue how to get the job you want. But the worst part is, you have no clue how clueless you are. Today, I introduce you to someone who is out to help graduates and undergraduates set themselves up for long-term career success. Orifon Kelawal leads Lady with Balls, a community of ladies that helps women achieve their goals through necessary resources, procedures, and events. She's also the founder of The Graduate Mentor, a project aimed at helping fresh graduates gain the knowledge they need to survive and excel in the real world. Why, why did you decide to set out on this path? Why um, young graduates and personal development and all that? Okay, because I got a job almost immediately after I left school. And then I saw a lot of my other mates who did not get their job. And I saw that they, they used to look at me as if I was privileged. But it wasn't like I was privileged. It wasn't like I had connections. It wasn't like I knew people in high places. The only thing that helped me was because I had started the journey towards after school from when I was in 200 level. So mm-hmm. I didn't exactly think about it that way. It didn't occur to me until after I left school that consciously training myself to be ready for after school was going to, to help in the long run. So I already knew from 200 level that I wasn't going to use my geography degree. So mm. I already started thinking, okay, when I get out of school, what do I want to do? But a lot of people who were on my set didn't have plans for this. There was a lot they did not know. And because of that, they weren't getting the kind of jobs that they wanted. They were not positioning themselves very well for the kind of opportunities that they wanted. 
So mm. that's why I started Graduate Mentor Africa because I know that a lot of people who have come after me have lots of questions that they don't have answers to. That, that's a really interesting story. I mean, from what you're saying, it seems that for anyone who wants to have a successful career, would you say that it's best to start planning from when you're in school, when you're in university? Yes, yes, it's best. If you can start planning from the first year, it is best. Wow. So because you're, when you start planning for where you mm. want to get to after school, you know the kind of things you want to spend your energy on in school. You know the kind of volunteer opportunities you want to you want to invest your time in you know the kind of networks you want to build you know the kind of organizations that you want to join because all of these things contribute to the future so for for our listeners who are still in university or polytechnic or wherever right now what are the major things you would say they should focus on in terms so that they can have successful careers later what are the questions they should be asking themselves now or finding answers to right now okay so the first question to ask is because you're studying is this something you want to do in the long run you want to be sincere with yourself at first if this course that you are studying will give you the kind of opportunities that you want if the opportunities there are well enough to accommodate you because a lot of times uh, people are just in school they are studying one course that before you find a company that needs your services or that needs the degree that you have you have gotten it's going to take a while but they just mm. don't do anything they just believe that okay when when they leave school someone will single them out and they'll get the <laughs> job and all of that but you know that this course is the chances are really slim then you know that okay i need to start having a backup plan mm. so the next thing you also want to consider is what are my strengths what are my weaknesses what are my opportunities and what are my threats one mistake that fresh graduates make is that because they've not been planning before and they get out of school and they are looking for just any job whether it is something they are interested in or not whether it is something they have the strength to do or not so and understand Understanding of your strength will give you an understanding of the opportunities that are available to you. And you're also going to be trying to get into fields that are not in your natural domain. And it's going to get hard, it's going to get frustrating because most of the time you may not make an headway. And you need to understand your weaknesses too. What are the things that you know that on a normal day could set you back? So we've talked about um, what you should do while you're in school and all that. But what about someone who has graduated and maybe finished NYSC and they've been searching for a job, they can't find a job and then they're thinking, okay, should I go back to school to do a master's or maybe get another degree or should I try to get some work experience, maybe an internship or something? What would you advise that person to do? Well, I advise the person to get a work experience first. This is quite dicey. If you have it in your mind that, okay, I want to get a master's immediately after my, my tertiary education, there's nothing bad with it. Like, there's really nothing bad in it. But it is very, very risky. Always try to get some work experience. Don't see a master's as an alternative to getting work experience. Don't feel that, oh, if I have a master's, then I will get a job. It's also important to understand the field that you are in. So if the top players of the field are people who have masters and who have their PhDs, then it means it is something that you need to to take recognition of. It's something that you need to get. So for a first job, let's say I'm lucky enough to get an offer, 
But the salary isn't so great. For a first job, do you think salary really matters? Well, for, for the first job, honestly. In fact, in your like, first year, first couple of years, salary is not okay. I, I, don't, I don't want to be misquoted, so I'm going to be <laughs> very, very careful. <laughs> because I know money is important. Yes, yeah, so. But it's still important to realize that when you're just starting out, your motivation should not be money. Mm. It should be growth. So you think it's best to go for a company where you know you get the most career growth, right? Yes. Sometimes those companies pay you a lot. I mean, you could be lucky, that's fine. Sometimes they may not be able to pay you a lot, but you realize you can ask yourself, can this place move me to the next level of my career? Can I actually grow in this mm. place? And that is what matters. So on on um, finding opportunities now, I mean, there's so much going online from Facebook and Instagram to Twitter, LinkedIn. Which of these platforms would you say a young professional should use to find um, the best opportunities or the most opportunities? The first platform that every professional should use, like every is LinkedIn. There are a lot of opportunities on LinkedIn. What is the advantage that LinkedIn has over others? Yeah. Okay. So LinkedIn is is a hub, right? So when you're on LinkedIn, you are very very sure that you're 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 interacting or you're meeting or you're connecting with people who are also career professionals, most likely like you. It's not like Facebook where you have a wider net of people. On Facebook, you can have people that are your friends, people that are your extended family members, your daddy's wife, your mommy's sister, all of these people. So it makes it harder. It's not like it's impossible, but it makes it harder for you to get opportunities there because the net is wider. And the same with Instagram too. But on LinkedIn, you know that this is what this platform is primarily for. In fact, it's even easier to connect with somebody you want to be a mentor, you want to be your coach, or whatever on LinkedIn, I'm following them on Instagram. A lot of them, their Instagram profiles are private, so you can't send them a message or follow them. And mm-hmm. they are not on Facebook, but yeah. they are on LinkedIn, and they they regularly reply messages on LinkedIn. So that's why LinkedIn is 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 very very good if you want to grow in your career. The the next best option is Twitter. I know a lot of people don't like Twitter, but Twitter, Twitter is a sort of ecosystem that has other ecosystems within it. So mm. on Twitter, the person who is the CEO of a company, as if they're on Twitter, the person who is the CEO of a company can interact with you. You can interact with them on a plain level basis because it's just one tweet between you and them. So they can easily reply your tweets. They can easily reply your deal. Twitter is more casual. In fact, it's a lot more casual than LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, you know that you have to be serious. You have to be seen like, yeah, this person is a serious person. But on Twitter, Twitter is, is very, very relaxed, which makes it easier for people to connect with each other and grow. So whatever, um, whatever industry that you're in, chances are that there are communities on Twitter like that. There are people who are key players. And then you don't know the kind of opportunities you can get just by following them and by engaging with their tweets. All right, so for LinkedIn, can you share like maybe one or two tips that would help you maximize that platform? Because it's so easy to just register and then just leave your profile there. Yes, yes, I get. So now the, the number one thing is fix your profile. Don't use a profile picture that makes it look like um, you're in secondary school. Your profile picture could be what could determine somebody's accepting of your request. If your profile picture looks like you are looking for opportunities, they may not reply. 
they may not accept you because you already look like you are looking for. <laughs> and the goal is not to look like you are looking for. The goal is yeah. to look like you have what they are looking for. Yeah. So, so it's like marketing yourself. Exactly. From your profile picture to your bio. And don't just be sending requests to everybody anyhow. You know the kind of industry you want to work in, which is why it's important to know your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities and threats. Go to go and search for industries like that. If you have a particular company that you want to work, you want to work at, go and search for them on LinkedIn. Look at their key players. Maybe look at their HR or look at somebody who is in the department that you want to work in and connect with them. You can send them a message. So it's, it's, it's basically about knowing how to constantly market yourself. If you, if you send connection requests, it's not like Facebook, and mm. where you can just be sending friend requests. If you send connection requests to just anybody, you can fill your network with your LinkedIn network with people that do not need you and that you don't need. Mm. Because like, it's going to defeat the purpose. So you need to connect with people who are in your field or in your intended field or in the company or the companies that you would like to work. And then you need to show up regularly, engage with people's, people's posts, somebody posts something, engage intelligently. It's not like you, they will post something and then you just put, wow, nice. Nice, <laughs> good, great, keep mm-hmm. it up. No, engage with them, it just naturally has substance. Oh yeah, let me follow. And it's also very, very important to know that all of these things take time. So it's not like you do it for three months and then you don't get any leads and then you know you're doing the right thing. I just said, it doesn't work. Of course it works. A lot of people get opportunities from LinkedIn. Yeah. Mm. So you have to be consistent with it, basically. Yes, yes. You have to be consistent. All right. So we've talked about um, getting opportunities and landing that job. So let's say you've landed your first job. Maybe you're even lucky enough and it's your dream job. How do you ensure that you continue to progress in your career? Like, do you set milestones? How do you know that you're actually growing in your career? Okay, so yes, you can set milestones, but it's, you, you want to ask yourself, okay, so now that I've gotten here, where am I supposed to be in like three years? Now, the reason why these setting milestones should not be primary is because a lot of times when you're starting out, you don't know what you don't know what success might mean. You don't know what success should mean in three years. Mm. You don't know what exactly should mean in five years. So it's important to set goals, but it's also important to put distance in. It's also important to put distance in your mind because I mean you're just starting. You've not done. You've not even used one year work yet. So if you say if you gotta set a milestone that by three years time I want to be a senior manager, or I want to be a senior director, and you don't achieve that. You might feel discouraged. So yes, it's important to say milestones, but it's also important to realize that you, you may not be able to tell what success or growth means over three, five, or ten years and all of that. So the next bet that you have is to look at people who are in the company you work and in the industry that you work and see and, and observe their trajectories, observe mm-hmm. how they have grown. How long have they been in the company? How long have they been in the industry? You want to observe what what certifications or qualifications do they have? Because that could be a pointer. If I a lot of times it is a pointer to how well you are able to grow in the industry. You want to ask, be able to ask them questions that what roles, what role did they enter from? What roles are they currently at? You want to ask them what roles have they taken? What teams have they been on? Understanding all of these things will be able, will allow you set your own goals. Because so if you if you if you realize that somebody who is at the top 
has, has had a certification in so and so course and it is in the field that you are, then it is, it is already a goal for you. You want to say, okay, I want to also have this, this certification because this person already, already has it. So there are some industries where people don't get to the top until like 20 years. Mm. So you talked about um, managerial positions. Um, I think that's like a target for a lot of people. How soon should you target such roles? I mean, you just said now that some some organizations or some industries, you might not get to the top for another 20 years. So somebody in, let's say, law, for instance, somebody studied law, you know, it usually takes a number of years, let's say like, 10 years or let's say seven to 10 years to, to start getting to the top. So if you get to that, that kind, if you're in that kind of industry, you know what to expect. It could come earlier quite already. And then you, you, you anticipate that it could come earlier. All right. So I'm curious, you know, people have different personalities. Some of us are introverts. Some of us are extroverts. Does personality matter much in career development? Because I'm wondering, there are some careers or maybe even most careers where an introvert may have a more difficult time. I mean, how do you bridge these gaps? How do you solve this problem? If you if you're an introvert, there's, there's no problem. If you're an extrovert, there's no problem. But, but the basic thing is to develop skills that can help you grow. And usually, if as an introvert, you don't like talking to people, you don't like relating with people, uh, you you don't have good verbal communication skills, it's going to be hard for you to progress. Because a whole lot of times, the people that are rewarded, promoted, are the people who are seen. And the people who are assertive are the people who are bold. So it is, it is a, these are things you, you must consciously develop for yourself and for your growth. Like it's not even a, you, at this point, you can't say, ah, oh, I'm an introvert. You can't use that as an excuse not to get the relevant skills that put you out there. So you have to be out there. And it's very, very important. You're an, a person can be an, an introvert. And still be bold. A person can be an introvert and still be assertive. So you want to discover the relevant skills that work when you are at work, the relevant skills that are important for you when you are at work, and see if you have them. And if you don't have them, you want to develop them. So it's mm. I know sometimes it's like saying uh, that's who you are, but at this point, who you are is not enough. It is who is needed that is. Yeah. There's no denying the higher up the corporate ladder, the fewer women you find. In 2019, the proportion of women in senior management roles around the world grew to 29%. And interestingly, that's the highest number ever recorded. And in 2020, this percentage didn't change. So, we know that women have it tougher at work. What can be done? How do you think women can get ahead in professional life? I mean, considering everything we have to go through, there's the gender pay gap, there's the male egos you have to deal with at work, sometimes even sexual harassment, and then you have maternity leave and it just piles on and piles on and piles on. So despite all of these challenges, how would you say women can get ahead or ensure that they get their he- get ahead in their careers? Yes, it's it's a wild it's a wild one. But the number one thing that I would say, sorry, the let me say the first thing that I would say is be very very open to receiving help. Be open to asking for help. A lot of women find it hard to ask for help, whether it is help in the workplace, whether it is help, especially help in in domestic areas. Not every woman can afford 
air up in domestic areas but if you can it is very important to be open to asking for help because um getting getting married childbirth could for a lot of women not all women but for a whole lot of women it could it could stop your journey up the career ladder so you want to be extra open to the kind of help that are available. So for instance, if when you're supposed to be working on a particular presentation for work for like, let's say two or three hours, you can be, or you can actually, but if you can afford to outsource laundry to somebody who wash it for three hours, you know, like there's a good opportunity cost if you can outsource it. And that's why you see that a lot of the women who have gotten to the top, these people have enough help and because they have enough help, it is a lot easier for them to move up the career ladder. It's not as easy as it to be for a man, but it's a lot easier because they are able to focus more on the things that help them to go ahead. And another thing you also want to consider as a woman is that there are many roles, even in the office. They do not count for growth. They do not count towards your promotion. They are not part of your KPIs. So you need to identify those roles so and say no them exactly so don't waste your time before you volunteer to do anything in the office ask yourself is this thing something that i can actually pitch in as something relevant and that's one thing i've noticed for a lot of my male friends who have gone up that's one thing i've noticed you tell these people they don't they won't care about uh, you are painting the office you are sweeping the office you are preparing coffee they won't bother about all of those things that are not important, they are able to quickly analyze that if I take up this project, how can I use it to pitch for a higher salary? How can mm. I use it to pitch for a promotion? So it's about being intentional about the tasks that you take up. Yes. Yes. Being very, very, exactly. Being very, very intentional. Another thing is you need to be very, very open to talking about the things that you you achieved. Mm. I have a Google sheet where I write everything that I have done. If, if it's a task that I, I got commended on, I write it down and put it on the Google Sheets so that it says that there's track record. Because without taking records, you just find out that you feel like you are just doing a job. You have been at a job for three years. Meanwhile, that three years is a combination of a whole lot of things that you have made happen that you can bring to the table and request and say, okay, you know what, I want to be promoted. I want a rate and this and this and this and this and the things that I have done. But if you don't, take records there's no way you think you are just waking up and working you will realize that you have actually done valuable things for the company so you need to be able to take records and you need to be bold enough to ask like mm-hmm. even if they'll say no ask i want a pay raise i want this i want that because a lot of times if you don't ask they won't give you essentially you only get what you ask for the worst you can get is a no yes exactly mm-hmm. and it's important to also may form alliances with other women okay be, be intentional about supporting other women because you i mean i'm not saying men don't support though that's not what i'm mm-hmm. saying but I've, I've realized that because women have shared experiences so you need to be able to form alliances with women whether they're in your field or they're outside your field because these are the people who would give you the support that you need in the long run and always 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 like always think about having a career mentor. It could be somebody who is just at the top mm. and who can mention your name in high places because that's how people grow. If you're just on the same level, you're not linking up with people who are ahead of you. You're just on one level. It's going to be hard for you to grow because nobody's speaking for you at the top. Yeah. 
one thing that I hear often from people who are working, young people, young professionals who are working is, oh, I hate my job. I want to switch jobs. I'm tired of this place. I mean, whatever, for whatever reason, if at a point you ever get to a point where you feel like you're sick and tired of where you are, what do you suggest you do um, that such a person does? Do you think there's a right or wrong reason for leaving a job? And what if you don't have another job waiting for you? Should you just quit because you feel like you're done or do you have to have another opportunity waiting for you no you do not have to have another opportunity waiting for you before you get a job but there are just two things that you need to you need to put in place number one have have something to fall back on maybe you had that's why it's important to save so at least if you're out of jobs for two or three months you know that you keep living Mm. so it's important to save from the first months that you start your job that's when you should start saving because you don't know when things can go wild really fast i am not an advocate of sticking to a job that is extremely toxic if you are a job that is very toxic my advice is for you to leave but that is still dependent on what you're able to fall back on sometimes you may not you may not have like a good amount of savings but can you fall back on family some people have good families that they can fall back on some people have good partners they can fall back on some people have good good friends that they can fall back on that's in terms mm-hmm. of you know financial and material things so it keeps you going and then mm-hmm. the next thing you want to think about falling back on is your skills can your skills can your experiences can your cv get you another job in a short while if, if you apply consistently that's the second thing you want to ask yourself because if you don't have the necessary skills you may be in the job search longer than you envisage or longer mm-hmm. than you plan so don't just leave a job abruptly don't consider mm-hmm. what's my plan a what's my plan b what's my plan c if i don't get a job within two months what can i do in the meantime doubt still be adding to my portfolio so that by the time I, I have an interview somewhere, it's not going to look like I didn't do anything all through three months. All right. So to wrap up, please tell us what book are you currently reading? So I'm reading Hood Feminism. Hood Feminism. Hood Feminism. Yes, it's by Mickey Kendall. It's a book that details the problems that women face that should be feminist problems in mm. Black America. Most of the problems are a lot to that audience but they're also relevant to the african audience too so for instance she talks about gun violence and how it is a feminist problem but we don't usually have gun violence it's not so prevalent here as much as it is there but she also speaks about poverty and that's also a problem here she speaks about poverty as a as a feminist problem she speaks Mm. about um victimization especially in the case where a person is raped or sexually abused and people are asking now what was she wearing uh, why what was she looking for there she speaks about it as a feminist problem and that happens like everywhere in the world so that's what i'm currently reading mm. sounds like an interesting read thanks so much for sharing thank you thank you so much for joining me on the podcast thank you thank you for the opportunity according to roy t bennett You never change your life until you step out of your comfort zone. Change begins at the end of your comfort zone. Are you ready to leave your comfort zone and start doing what you need to move ahead? I hope you are. If you enjoyed our discussion with Funke, please leave us a comment. We are on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter 
On Twitter, we are at IAC underscore podcast. On Facebook and Instagram, we are at I am Change Podcast. Share this podcast with your friends and please rate IAC Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. That way, more people can find us. Until the next episode, continue to be the change you want to see. I am Kouridi Aziz.